Lisa, you got a letter. It's from my pen pal, Anya. Dear Lisa, as I write this, I am very sad. A goaltender has been overthrown and replaced by the benevolent Jack Campbell. All hail Soupy and his glorious new regime. Sincerely, little girl. I like drinking beer and I like talking hockey when I get to do both. I feel pretty lucky. Oh, let's get pucked up. And I actually just cracked a can because I was wanting to be drinking out of a bottle. And I've had past uh, serious failures cracking a bottle right in front of the mic. So I thought I would use the can sound effect. But now I'm effect uh, effectively double fisting. And um, anyway, I'm your host, Robin Coymans. Welcome to another episode of Let's Get Pucked Up. I am drinking in honor of my two formerly Chinese teacher colleagues of a, a nice healthy bottle of Sing Tao premium lager. It's exactly 4.5% alcohol by volume, which confuses me because when I was in China, it was always greater than or equal to something, but it's nice to see it's over 3.3%. Um, I can see uh, you guys are having a good old time tonight. I'm going to introduce Devin Granger first. Granger, how are you doing? Yep, doing good. Are you drinking anything, Granger? That's, that, that, that's, cool. that's my intro. That's my right, intro. Moving on. Thanks. I'm a that's good all, storyteller. That's all, that's all I needed. We'll, we'll add more in post. Um, so why, this, how are you doing tonight? What are, what are you drinking? <laughs> this podcast is going to be 10 minutes flat. <laughs> that's <laughs> where one, one word answers. <laughs> uh, good. Uh, I'll take Granger's time. Uh, so uh, I'm do, doing well. I'm drinking a, a, one of the new breweries from Winnipeg, Kilter. Uh, octopus kind of beer. It's a double IPA. So it's 7.8% and I uh, can't wait to indulge and then have just a flurry of hot takes today. Sweet. Um, glad to hear that you've got what looks to be an absolutely delicious beer on your hands. I sadly just took my first swig of Sing Tao and it is not good. Um, this is going to be a rough go, guys. <laughs> um, are, you, are you having PTSD? <laughs> yeah, I, I've got to say like, it's not Keller level skunk bad, but like it's some pretty bad beer, guys. Ah, we'll we'll make our way through. I got a I got a nice grasshopper to look forward to in a sec. Um, anyway, I don't uh, I don't think I'm gonna be uh, hyperbolic at all by saying that um, all hail Jack Campbell and his glorious new regime. Sincerely, little girl. Um, you guys, can you believe that the Leafs? finally have a goalie who is never going to lose again um it's the perfect the perfect specimen of a man 951 save percentage plan the parade plan the Vezina trophy Granger your thoughts on Jack Campbell and how incredible and perfect he is <laughs> well you know the soup man is uh playing really well he's gonna lose eventually but it's really nice to uh in the playoffs <laughs> okay i didn't say that i mean well he is gonna lose in the playoffs i'm sure but i hope he uh helps us win a cup this year no the 951 save percentage is really impressive like he is eight and oh i uh i've been a fan of soupy since he was in la actually but the one big concern is you know 
how fragile is he, you know, how much time is he going to need off? And that's a whole other conversation though with him and Freddie. I don't know if you want to get into that, but I'm impressed right now. Yeah. So the reason that I was uh, kind of being ridiculous off the hop here and asking that question, which uh, clearly annoyed our esteemed guest, Wyatt Janowski was that uh, we saw our two teams go head to head over the last couple of nights, some great battles the Jets against the Leafs, uh, both games going, going the full, full value into OT. Did they both go into the shootout? I can't even remember. No, the Leafs won in OT in the first one, right? It's OT and then shootout. Yeah. Leafs are playing a lot of OT lately, but uh, hey, we're getting points. Um, but yeah, the, the game last night, I didn't catch all of it, but what I did see was just an awesome goaltender's duel. And like all jokes aside, like, like Campbell played amazingly, but like, I mean, Connor Hellebuck also was awesome in, in net for the Jets. And, uh, yeah, it was just uh, nice to see the Leafs have someone who can keep up with a guy like Connor Hellebuck. Um, how did you feel about the, the possible playoff preview of the Jets versus Leafs the last couple of days there, Wyatt? Yeah, I think, I think we clearly, if we want to go back to the whole prognosticator stuff that happened at the start of the year where – I don't know, like the Jets, I think you said we're going to finish, what, second last? Yeah, I think second last. This is true. (laughs) So I think uh, one of the better stories in the NHL have been the Jets, like, kind of rising to the top of the division. And, like, by all means, I didn't think that they were going to, like, win the division outright. They're challenging the Leafs, which is clearly the best team in the North Division. I think they're the deepest. I think they have a lot of really good players. And I think to push them, like to come back last game from one, nothing to tie it up and then to kind of force the play a little bit, a little bit of sloppy game, but like overall uh, it was great. There was chances on both ends. I think the jets really pushed and Campbell was very good. I am a, I am a fan of Jack Campbell. I think he's a beauty as well. It just <laughs> seems like a very down to earth, like almost anti Freddie Anderson personality wise, where like, He's just like in it for the boys and just wants everyone to like Wait, have a good time. Hold hold on though. What's what's Freddie's personality that we seem to be uh saying? Like I'm I've never that's noticed what? him to be like overly outgoing or ridiculous in any way. That's the that's the question. What is his personality? That's oh, okay. that's the <laughs> yeah. But you're the but the way you were describing Jack Campbell didn't sound like he had like too much of a personality or anything either. He was just like a, a good old Canadian kid, although he's from michigan i'm pretty sure but uh, he, he just shows he just shows happiness he's just happy and he's yeah, like i can see his, inter- his interviews are like just like he's li- like living his best life he's like he's carpe diem all over like the leafs right now he's like well if i'm winning then the team's doing well and like this is great so he's not like like he's just it's just nice to see someone with a little bit more personality i guess compared- he's not a not a danish existentialist is what you're saying <laughs> just just silently staring at the camera yeah <laughs> Yeah. But overall, have, you seen, have you seen that like PS5 commercial for NHL 21 with I am Freddie Anderson? Yeah, like yeah, what? you're just like, come on, like get some peaks and valleys with your tone there, buddy. Like it's just <laughs> yeah, well, I can't like I know that NHL players in general are not really good at uh being actors or selling products, but like they could have picked someone better than Freddie, and it's definitely airing at the wrong time for. Him, but you can definitely you can definitely um uh market campbell i think campbell's yeah. like super comfortable and he's like a really like kind of salt of the earth guy really nice and 
Um, my biggest question, I think, with Campbell is, and like Granger brought it up as well, is like, is he going to get hurt? And he tweaked something last game. He kind of tried to play through it. Like he has that kind of gamer mentality where he will keep going until he doesn't have a leg uh, to stand on. So I'm just, I'm just more concerned about him managing his own injury habits. And then the Leafs have to rely on Freddie Anderson if he goes down, which is, I think or, like, I, or a Colorado avalanche near savior, Michael Hutchinson. So we're in good hands. <laughs> yeah. But um, I think I, Freddie played yesterday. Jets would have won hundred percent. Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah. Granger, you have any, any thoughts on the, on what I was saying there? Um, a lot going on there. I mean, the game was really good. Jets got a really good team. Uh, they're big. They play fast and hard. Like the biggest differences that I saw is you guys were moving your feet. Um, you weren't letting us sort of dance with the pocket, the point a lot. Uh, you're kind of just like getting it out real quick. Um, and your transition game, well, maybe not transition game, getting the puck like from behind your net and out was real snappy and real fast. So you guys, yeah, you're going to be a heck of a matchup in the playoffs. Um, yes, everything you said about Soupy is pretty much it. Like, he's just a fun-loving guy. And the last interview that he had, the, they were like, oh, you know, like, you're 8-0 now. How does it feel? And, like, what do you think is leading to your success? And he just spent, like, two minutes talking about how great of a goalie Halibut is and how great his team's playing. He never even talked about himself, right? That's just the kind of guy that he is. Um, but I, for the whole Freddie Anderson conversation, like I think he's still a, a great goalie. I think he just needs to be a hundred percent healthy. Um, so if Campbell does get injured, I personally have no problem with a healthy Freddie Anderson coming in. But again, that's a big question mark, which makes us wonder whether the Leafs are going to go and get a bit more of an insurance policy. Cause I not so sure Hutchinson is that policy. Yeah, so uh, that's actually a nice transition into our next segment that I wanted to talk about. And Devin, you can kind of maybe guide us through the the waters of this one a little bit, if you don't mind. Um, just talking about the trade deadline coming up soon. The Leafs are obviously in win now mode. They need to have some playoff success. Like, let's not sugarcoat it. There has they, it's a disappointment if they don't make it to uh, the final four teams. I would say this year. Uh, they should come out of this division. Um, what do you think they need to do at the trade deadline? And uh, give us some possible ideas that you might have, if you're willing to. <laughs> yeah, sure. Um, well, the first thing is we we should probably assume that Kyle Dubas knows the state of Freddie Anderson. Uh, and if he doesn't get a goalie, then he should know with certainty that you know, Freddie is going to be someone who can come back from whatever injury he has and be a hundred percent and be reliable. Um, same thing with Jack Campbell. Like you want to know like this on and off injury, is this really a big deal or is it something that he'll be able to be prepared for and ready? If the answer is no, then they need a goalie. We just don't know as fans what's going on behind doors and what Freddie's actually going through. Uh, he just recently had his second sort of checkup and it's progressing quote unquote, but he still hasn't skated. He hasn't hit the ice. Um, so it's going to be a while. It's the fans is going to be a while without Freddie. So I'm of the mindset that 
you know, we probably should get a backup goalie if we know that they're not going to be able to be fully healthy. Cause you, I mean, who would do that? If we're going for a push, you can't go in with two goalies that are injury prone. Cause that goes downhill pretty quick. Um, so Devin, I just want to say one thing on that idea is, uh, one thing that we've seen as a recurring theme so far this season is teams that have more than two goalies. If they have a third goalie and they're trying to pass it to the taxi squad, it has to clear wa- They have to clear waivers and they are getting picked up left, right, and center. These goalies, these third goalies. So um, I, I don't disagree with you. I think it would be great to have a third option that's better than Hutchinson, which we did when we had Aaron Dell, but I don't know if we'll be able to do so if uh, they have to pass through waivers still. Yeah, no, that's a, that's a good question. And I don't know how that would um, transpire, like how it will work. The one scenario is Freddie goes on long-term IR and then comes back for the playoffs. That sounds a little bit more far-fetched to be honest with you. It doesn't sound too realistic because I don't think that, you know, we're not going to pull a Chicago Blackhawks here, right? It's the Leafs would get, you know, ripped on if, if we did that right away. Um, if there's any other way, like getting a goal, who's just, someone who we can have on the taxi squad or who can clear like waivers and we can just keep them there. That's not Hutchinson, you know, maybe a little bit of a step up. Good questions though. Not exactly sure. Cause I don't see them trading Freddie. I just don't think that's going to happen. So I'm not even going to bother with that conversation. Uh, other than that though, um, the, uh, the next thing that we probably would need is one of two, uh, a top six left winger, or a third line player. And I think the reasoning for that's pretty clear. Um, I'm perfectly fine with Hyman and Galchenyuk in the top six right now. But the thing is, is because we're, we're, we've decided that we're moving Hyman off the third line, then I think we need, if we want a third line to, 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 you know, be productive and have someone to drive that third line, we should probably go get that someone to do it because a team like Winnipeg, their third line, much better than our third line if we don't have Hyman on it. And even when we have Hyman on it, it's like, you know, it's even. Um, so we don't have to necessarily get that top six winger. We can just go get a third line player, someone who can actually drive that line though. It'd be great if the second line caliber player is playing that third line. And the alternative to that is you go and get the top six winger, but you run into the issue of having to bench Thornton and scratch Thornton more often than, than not, uh, because going down the left side, he's the odd man out and you can move Galchenyuk down to the fourth line. But I'm of the opinion that when it comes to the playoffs, Thornton should be sitting a little bit more often. And I think that will happen. And I think he'll be okay with that. He'll be the next guy in line for when injuries happen. And aside from that, I would say we should probably get uh, a confident defender uh, who can step in because I don't think Leafs fans are as confident with Dermott uh, as you know, we'd like to be despite the fact that he scored a goal, but I mean, Halibuck stops that 99.9% of the time. That was just a really weird fluky goal. Um, so someone who can sort of step in, cause I mean, let's face it. What happened in the playoffs last year, Muzzin went down, nothing. We couldn't recover from that. So if one of Riley Brody or Muzzin goes down, those are, big minute eating defenseman. We got nothing. Sandin's not going to be able to fill out role. Everyone like he broke his foot. He's been out for a while. You can't just throw him in there, you know, against the jets in the playoffs here. He's going to get 
destroyed. So we need someone who can kind of step in if we need that. That's kind of my take on it. Um, it'd be awesome to hear what uh, the Jets need as well because I haven't been able to watch them as much, but they look pretty solid. I'm assuming defense, eh? It's a it's 100% defense. <laughs> it's it's uh, that's mm-hmm. essentially what it what it is. Um, it was really cool to see the fourth line dominate the Tavares line. That was really cool to see, and they hem the Tavares line in. I think like the cap hit of the fourth line is like seven hundred thousand dollars. Uh, so that was really cool to see. Collectively, like, yeah. they're all making two hundred thirty thousand dollars somehow. <laughs> like having Nate Thompson outplay like John Tavares was amazing to see. And like, that's why like... you sign your Jay Beagles and players like that to three <laughs> by three. Like you got to have your Nate Thompson, Jay Beagle types. You guys are just lucky. You've got that type somehow at less than yeah. 3 million for a year. Like Thompson Beagle and Lewis, like these three are like, it's, it's a, I think it's one of the best lines we have on the team, honestly, like that. And I get, like why a lot of Jets fans want younger players to be in there and to have that role. But I think if you roll that fourth line, like they're, they're pretty energetic and they can, they can hem good teams in the zone and like, and there's a bunch of scoring chances that they had. So uh, I would just, yeah, I would essentially have a defenseman. I don't know if it's going to be Ekholm because Nashville is pretty good right now. So I don't know if they're going to trade him. Uh, But I'll take Savard. I'll take Josh Manson. Like I'll take, any of those like kind of perennial or not perennial, but like, uh, you know, borderline kind of four, five, sixty, just so like we can uh, kind of shore that up a bit because the depth is there in the forwards. I just think the Jets need a lot more support in the D zone. Yeah, so I, I find that interesting. Um, the idea that you're just talking about that Nashville, a team that both the Leafs and the Jets have been linked to as a trade partner. Um, for Grandland or Ekholm or elsewise or otherwise uh, has basically just gone on a heater and played themselves into not just playoff conversation, but they're actually sitting in the fourth spot in their division right now. So that puts a bit of a, a damper on what was already looking to be probably less than your typical level of excitement for the trade deadline. Um, yeah. I, I don't know what to expect from this trade deadline, to be honest. Like I think it's, difficult in a shortened season where teams are closer together in the standings and um, although that being said there has been a decent amount of separation in some of the divisions there are still some spots that are up for grabs that are reasonable to think you could go for for some teams that might otherwise in a longer season have had more separation from the other teams Um, Devin yeah it'd be cool just to hear if you had a wish list like you could have one player on your team, like who would it be? Obviously be, you know, be reasonable, uh, but just of the guys who are out there right now, uh, maybe at forward at defense for the Leafs and then Wyatt maybe for you on, on defense. If so, you could pick one player out who's kind of out on the market right now, Wyatt for the Jets on defense, who would it be? Yeah, good. It's uh, a good question. Like I, the, Issue I have is that I don't want, I trust Chevy and Chevy's a good trade. Like he's very good at trading. I think that's one of his like big strengths. I don't think he's ever really had like a bad trade uh, through, through his tenure in, in Winnipeg, which is, which is good to see. So like, give me Denny Savard or I think Ekholm's going to be too pricey. Like there's links that they were going to, if they trade Hanala for Ekholm and I would like, I would 
not touch that whatsoever. So like Dennis Savard or Montour. Do you mean, do you mean David Savard? Yeah, uh, whatever. Same thing. And then, then <laughs> Denise Savard is a Hall of Fame player. I, like I'd, I'd love to have Denise Savard in his in his prime on my team too. What? And he has the spinorama, right? So yeah. <laughs> like bring that back. Uh, or like Montour is good. Goligoski, I would say, is like decent. He's pretty attainable for sure, and he's having like a down year offensively. So I think you could get him for like a third or a fourth rounder. I like. I'm not even looking at like their at their points that they're getting. It's like defensive metrics. If they're good in their own zone, yeah. and they can get bucks out. That's all. That's all the, the Jets need. They need. They just need the two. The biggest issues that they saw from the Leafs is that they got hemmed in their own zone, and then they got scored on. So as soon as like they can find a defenseman who can like make that outlet pass or get the Jets going. Um, it's a dangerous team to stop. Like, so they just need, I think they just need like defensemen who can like settle it down. Maybe even like what Ryan Murray, like someone, someone like easily bring Kulikov back. Yeah. That that's been rumored like bring because he's been good this year. Right. So I don't know. I don't know. So I'm hoping it's like one of those um, defensemen that we can trade a pick, like a first round pick for or less than that. I don't know. Second or third round but I wouldn't want to like mortgage the farm for yeah. getting this year. I honestly think the Goligoski poll is a, is a smart one. Um, mm. He's 35. I think he's got like five or six points on the year. Um, so he's, he's at a low point for his, his trade market value. Plus he's making like 5.4 million or something like that. Um, do you know what the cap space is for the jets by chance? Uh, come back to me. I can look it up. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, like I'm sure they could find a way to do it because like teams can you can you can throw in a third team to launder another 25 percent off the salary if need be. But, well, uh, what was really interesting is that we just put Bolio on long-term IR, so okay. he's done for the year. So that there that frees up a lot of cap cap space that uh that the Jets could use to and acquire. I, some. And like, what is what is Dubois making? Do you remember? Um, five. Yeah, because I'm gonna because you must have saved like a little bit of money on the on the Dubois deal. Yeah, I think because Line was well, making six. I think we we're eating some of Line's salary though. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah that makes so sense, I, I guess. Because he's ripping it up in Columbus right now. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. um but yeah, I think as if I'm looking this up right now, uh right now we don't have any, I guess we have like five million in relief. Wait, no, we don't. I can't read this. Um, yeah, projected cap space is zero dollars. So, <laughs> so as soon as like I guess they put them on LTIR, I think that you can get like a couple million in there. But yeah, I think teams are gonna have to like eat salary this year to yeah. to their players. And I mean, there's always a way. You can always get a third team involved as well. Like I was saying, like a team can eat up to half of the cap hit, and then they can get a third team to eat another twenty five percent of the cap hit. Um, so that can help. Uh, I know Devin, you were saying one of the things you think the Leafs desperately need is a top six left winger. Um, maybe not, maybe desperate's a bit too strong of a word, but, um, I mean, the best guy who seems to be on boards everywhere that fills that, that fits that description is Taylor Hall. Um, do you think that that would be something you would want the Leafs to do? No, 
that's it. Just yeah, no, I have zero interest in in Taylor Hall. I've never had interest in Taylor Hall. Is it because he's got fewer goals this year than Eunice Donskoy had in like a four minute period <laughs> for the Colorado? Uh, yeah, well, it's that, and I just don't think he's a fit. Like I don't see his character and his play style as gelling in here. I would much rather have Galchenyuk in the top six than Taylor Hall any day. Um, watching Galchenyuk play, never expected any of what he's been doing. Like the way that he's adapted his game and the way he's hustling his second efforts on pucks, like making sure it gets out of the zone, trying to get that stick lift, you know, playing the body. It's I'm fine with him over Paul. Why would we ever trade anything for Taylor Hall? There's nothing, nothing in Taylor Hall's history even suggests that he's capable of doing much in the playoffs anyways. He's barely even been in the playoffs. So yeah, he's played like six games in the playoffs or I guess, I guess last year he was on Arizona when they got just dismantled by Colorado in four games or whatever it was, but yeah. Um, but, um, the, 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 the two guys that I would, probably look at would be uh Felino. I would love to have Felino play on our team, especially after seeing the Jets and what they can potentially do to us. Just having like a guy who's a little bit bigger, got some size, not afraid to be a little bit grittier, can get inside, like in front of the net. Like the Jets are so good at boxing people out. And I just think after the whistles, he would be a pest too, you know? Um he's got that leadership skill. He could play left wing center or right wing. So if you want him on the third line, or if you want to even move him up once in a while, that's fine. Um, but if we can't get him, then I would like to see like Alex, I make his way onto the team. Uh, again, he's a little bit more plays a little bit of a, a harder game. Um, and he can play anywhere on the left side, up and down that line up first line, second line, third line, fourth line. So you know, if Galchenyuk's firing, keep him up there. You can move Iofalo down on the fourth line and throw Thornton, you know, on the bench for a bit. I just, uh, he adds a little bit of element to the Leafs team that we need a slightly, a, a little bit more of, you know, um, a little bit of grit. He can score. He definitely can. Um, his stats are pretty good right now in LA. Yeah, so Iofalo's been playing like some pretty prominent minutes for LA and he's been looking decent. So, yeah. But what if, yeah. Wait, you just described Wayne Sim, Sim, Simmons for uh, Nick Felino. Isn't Wayne Simmons, that's his role? Isn't that what it is to get in front of the net and stuff like that? No? It, it, well, the thing is, I think Felino can do more than Simmons. Like, yeah. I think he, he's got a little bit more of a complete game, a little more diversity. I think he can score more. I don't think his stats and points are, like, huge this year, but Columbus had such a poor start to the year anyways. Um, and, and Felino, he's a, was he, he's a captain, isn't he? And he's all, like yeah. I said, he's played center like a lot, like he's been all over their lineup. So I think he's super versatile and, you know, what happens if Tavares goes down, for example, you know, uh, for a game or something, uh, yeah, we got Spezza, we got Thornton, but you could throw Felino on that second line center. I mean, you look at daily faceoff. Felino plays first line some nights. He plays fourth line the other night. He's all over the place. So I'm going to throw a name out here that has been, I think, moving up trade boards and garnering a decent amount of interest and would probably cost the Leafs a decent amount. But he's the type of player who I think would really fit in nicely and is versatile, similar to Nick Felino, but um, could be part of the picture longer term. Uh, Scott Lawton out of Philadelphia. So... Granger, what do you think about that name? 
Yeah, I could see how he would be more long term. Mm-hmm. What uh, what's his cap hit right now? I'll have to look that up. Um, just give me one sec. Okay. But, uh, I do. But know yeah, that he's he's, he's playing, more feisty though too, isn't he's he? More like feisty. He, he's he's good for like 0. 0.6, 0. 0.7 points per game, even in like a third line role. Um, that so would be yeah, solid. Sign me up. Sign me up. Him, <laughs> Miles Wood. I heard is another one. He probably plays a similar game. Him, eh? Yeah. So he's got. His cap hits 2.3 million this year. And then he's uh I think he's a UFA after that. But like you'd he'd be a guy that you'd want to like try and sign afterwards. Uh what do you guys think? Maybe I'll start with Devin. Um, what do you think it would take for the Leafs to get someone like Scott Lawton onto the team? Uh, what would the Leafs have to give up? Well, to be quite honest with you, like I don't know the history behind Lawton's game. Um, but if he is a 0.6, 0.7, you know, goals per game player and he's playing on, on the third line, he's younger and he's, he's gritty. It sounds like he's got some more room to develop, um, himself and establish himself as an NHL player. So it's going to cost you, um, especially if he's a long-term sort of fit and he's on a friendly deal. I don't know if it's expiring. If it's not expiring this off season, I would say it's probably going to cost you, um, what would be at least the equivalent of a first round pick. Um, he's, he's expiring this off season. I should just mention that. Is he an RFA still? Um, I'm guessing he would be UFA because he's, this is just my guess, but he's 26 years old. He's been with Philly his whole career. Um, he was drafted 20th overall in 2012. So a first former first rounder. Um, so he's doing a little bit less uh, point production than I'd said it before, but he's got 17 points in 33 games this season, had 27 and 49 games last season and nine points in 15 playoff games for mm, the Flyers yeah. last year. Okay. Maybe not quite a first round pick then. Um, I, I think. So, sorry, go ahead, Devin. Well, I think it would be at least, you know, a second and maybe a, like a, a prospect, you know, for someone like that. I would think. Yeah, I could see like a second round pick and like, or even like a third in Lilligren or something like that for, for Lawton might make sure. sense. Yeah. Um, yeah, so Wyatt, we were talking about different uh, players that the Jets could hone in on. Um, was there one in particular that you feel like you would most want on the team? I think we kind of asked you that already and you gave a few different answers, but like, I feel like we've honed in on Scott Lawton, at least for myself, uh, for the Leafs. I don't know uh, if that's fair for Granger's sake, but um, what about what? What are you thinking for the Jets? I'd probably, I'd probably say like Savard because they they've traded before, so they know each other quite like quite well. The Jets and the and the Blue Jackets. The Blue Jackets look like pretty bad. Uh, I they, I don't know. I haven't seen the standings, but they've been they've been I think they lost to Detroit like more than once so not not a great situation to be in so I think um that if they want to fire torts and rebuild that's probably what's going to happen this year um so I would say I think Savard is like solid defensively we don't need someone who puts up points we we just need someone who can like steady that back end and I think he could do that so what does it take to get Savard do you think um because you were saying like Hey, Nola would be part of something for Ekholm before, I think is what you were saying. And you weren't a fan of that. I assume. I would give up, I would give up Veselinen 
I would give up. What about Sandberg? Uh, yeah, probably Sandberg. I would say Sandberg is okay to to give up. He's he's kind of fallen. I I feel like he should have been better by now, or like he's been in development forever. I think it's been a while since he's like been drafted and and that stuff as well. So I I would get rid of Sandberg. Stanley has been unbelievably good. So that's been a revelation. So I th- I think I would be more less hesitant on on Sandberg if Stanley didn't develop that well. But Stanley is like everything that you want, like he's plus nine. He just shoots the puck, which a lot of jets defensemen don't do. Uh, and he's just, he's an animal. He's a beast. Like I would be terrified to go up against him in the corner because he'll destroy you. And he's done that a bunch of times. So I think he is like honing into a better player as well. Awesome. Yeah. I think, uh, Oh, Ranger. Yeah. He got a point Todd there. Yeah. Um, I just wanted to kind of give a shout out to Stanley as well. Cause I remember why maybe you were, I definitely was like kind of poking fun at the Jets defense before. And Stanley was one of the guys just cause he was new and coming in, but yeah, congrats on that. He's playing lights out. Um, I just want to throw out a name on defense. Um, a guy that I'm interested in low key, uh, Mike Riley. He, uh, He's a veteran in the league. He's playing like 20 plus minutes a night in Ottawa, and he's only a minus two playing on an Ottawa team. That's pretty good. Uh, He's been a plus player for the the majority of his years in the league, and he's got 15 points in 35 games on Ottawa, and he's not the guy that you're going to rely on for points, but because he's playing like top minutes, I feel like he's a guy that we could throw into the top four if we need to at any given are you t- are you talking about a Riley Riley D pairing? And not just a Riley Riley D pairing, but an M Riley M Riley D pairing. M- so would it be <laughs> M I Riley and then M O Mo? No, Riley? it wouldn't be. It wouldn't be like the Rick Nash Riley Nash situation. It's close, uh, but Morgan Riley spells Riley a little bit differently than uh, Mike yeah. Riley. <laughs> Unfortunately, <laughs> so they wouldn't even need like the first useless initial, which wouldn't have helped anyway. But uh, the the it's R I E L L Y for Morgan and R E I L L Y for uh, for Mike, I think. <laughs> but yeah, I would love the M Riley M Riley combo mm-hmm. if we could get that. And uh, like you're saying, point production wise, like it's very under the radar. Fifteen points in thirty five games for a defenseman. That's like pretty solid for a defenseman. Um, that's. He's like only five points less than Tim Stutzla, I think. And like you hear all the talk about Tim Stutzla. Um, yeah, crazy. Uh, maybe we can move on to talking about um, kind of shitty situation that's going on in the NHL right now, especially uh, north of the border um, is the COVID outbreaks that have been happening in Canada. We already had the one in Montreal, but now we have one that seems to be quite a bit more severe in Vancouver. That's hit. Um, by last count, I think it was like either 14 or 16 players and staff on the team. It was pretty crazy. Um, I'm actually wearing my red Canucks hat in support and in mourning of the team right now, just hoping that they can get through this. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I don't know what really to say about this, but um, it's been a tough year for the Canucks and this is not helping right when they seem to be kind of riding the ship. Um, Thatcher Demko playing some great hockey. They're surprisingly doing well without Elias Pettersson. Um, this is a tough blow. 
you guys have any thoughts on this situation right now as it unfolds? Yeah, I guess like both goalies are under COVID protocols. So Demko and Holtby. So like, as of now, they don't really have a goalie to, unless they're going to bring up somebody from the, from the, from Utica. And I think Utica just went through a COVID outbreak as well, which is brutal for them. So like their AHL team, I think 10 of their skaters just came back from their, from their quarantine for that. So, and then it's also in Utica. So that's, if you call up anybody, that's another, what, seven days or whatever it is, if they're going up to the Canucks, seven day quarantine. So I don't think, I think it's safe to say that Vancouver is not going to play for the rest of the year. I think, I think that's probably what's going to happen. They, they can't honestly feel the team. And they can't even field an AHL team. Like they can't even bring up AHL players because uh, because of like the, the scheduling issues. And the biggest issue is that it's so late in the year that if there's like in January, maybe you can kind of mix that around a little bit. But it, I think the season ends in a month, less than that. So, or I guess like May 9th or something it's like that. So, May 19th, I think it was extended to. But that's, okay. that's a a more cynical, depressing, hot take than I was expecting coming out of your mouth there, Wyatt, that the, the Canucks are <laughs> shut down for the year. Or, Ranger, or they're going uh, to bring um, like, like the replacements movie where they just bring Oh, in yeah, a, yeah. Keanu Reeves, yeah. just bring him in, <laughs> let him play a uh, goal as well as like power play quarterback. And, <laughs> and But how good of a story that would be. Like, remember this, the, the TV show Making the Cuts? Now it's like, play on the Canucks like if you want to play we'll just we'll take we'll take junior a junior B just a whole bunch of, just a whole bunch of David Ayers uh lining up <laughs> lining up for the Vancouver Canucks so I think I think that's an option which would be unbelievable <laughs> and I really hope that so that's I guess the most positive spin going out of it but it's tough times I don't know I it's hard to find a silver lining here because the team is I think pretty much done wow uh Granger you wanted to add anything to that yeah the whole like situation right now it's just tough in in canada right now all around i mean i've been in lockdown since december we had a stint where we got out for like three weeks and then you know we just got announced that we're going back into lockdown um it's crazy right now like it's hard for me to fathom how this is all going to shake out and be contained you know there's people getting immunizations right now but how long are those going to last is it an annual thing that we bore with shots i don't know there's so many variants to what extent does one shot and the, the proteins that they have in that you know are they transferable and effective against all these variants you know i'm just reading here the variant that's going on in the Vancouver Canucks right now and in Vancouver is uh, the Brazilian variant. Uh, the P1 variant is what it's called here. I'm reading 2.5 times more transmissible is what the current early research is showing. And it's also suggesting that it may be more lethal for young people. And I've heard that some of the Vancouver Canucks are having like medical staff coming to their apartments or wherever they're placed and like getting, you know, IVs to help them get through this. And these are like young, healthy, you know, um, 
athletes. Like they're in the the best shape. So it's just, man, it's it's terrifying, really. You know. Yeah, uh, it's, it's indiscriminate. Um, the the virus. You think about a guy earlier in the season in Rasmus Ristolainen who got some of the worst effects of it. Um, and he, by all accounts, is like a, an Andy Conmacher level specimen, just uh, absolutely shredded and one of the healthiest guys out there. So, um, yeah, I don't think being young and healthy can, can help you in a lot of these cases. Uh, Marco Rossi, 19-year-old guy who is like a peak athlete, uh, super young, super healthy, out for the year with some absolutely like devastating effects from COVID-19 so uh, yeah it's hard to see the glasses half full right now with uh with the Canucks and with Canada in general I feel like I feel it's different than before than other outbreaks that have happened like on Dallas and that on like Montreal and stuff because it's the first time a breakout's happened or an outbreak has happened with a variant um, which is just terrifying because it's obviously so super transmissible and, and stuff like that. And who knows, like how, like we don't have that much research on it. So that's something to, I guess, look at as well, but yeah, I don't know what the schedules are. The schedule maker is going to do. I know the jets have, are playing Ottawa randomly on Monday <laughs> to like make up for one of the postponed games. Uh, and the craziest thing is that, the Canucks were, were having practice and Godet gets pulled from practice, but then they continue practice. Like they, so they continue with that as well. And then that's like LA Dodgers uh, world series level idiocy. Yeah. And then they were supposed to play Calgary until like 6 PM. They're supposed to be playing them at seven 30 local time and they cancel the game. They postponed it at 6 PM. Yeah. Because like, so it's just like, it could be so much worse. Uh, than it is right now which is like you know not great yeah by the way for any people who don't know who uh conmacher was that i was referring to earlier do not check the name andy conmacher on hockey db you're not going to find anything just check the <laughs> next um firefighter calendar coming out of north bay ontario and you'll be able to see who it is that we're talking about um, he's to, to quote to quote Shakespeare and Romeo Juliet, he's a man of wax. <laughs> just just. How do you spell wax? W A and then A C K S. Then three X's. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that was. There are many different ways you could have gone with that. Nice. Um, so maybe we'll move on to talking about a little well, a little segment I like to call an aptitude corner, where we talk about some of the teams in the NHL that are really shit in the bed right now and um, wondering how they're ever going to pull out of this tailspin. So we've got a few different candidates. We've got um, our own North division, Calgary flames. We've got obviously the Buffalo Sabres. I mean, they've been shot on enough at this point, but let's give them a little, a little more, I guess. Um, St. Louis blues seem to be struggling quite a bit. They've fallen out of a playoff spot as of my last check to the Arizona Coyotes. So, you know, you're not in good shape when that happens and um, the Philadelphia Flyers. So would uh, either of you guys like to take, uh, take aim at any of these teams and talk about what you think's going on with them? Any, any shocks that are, uh, that you're having based on how badly these teams are playing right now? Um, Wyatt. 
I guess, uh, yeah, I guess out of all three of them, all of the teams that you mentioned, four, I'm more four, four. There's Calgary in there as well. I threw in. All right. Uh, out of the four, I'm more shocked about Calgary. I thought Calgary was going to be way better this year. They dismantled the Jets, although like they took out our best player, but still like they, they looked good there and they just got better. They had Markstrom, they had Tanev, um, but like, I don't know what's going on over there, but it just seems that like, it's just not clicking. I think they're probably going to blow it up at the end of the year. Um, so I'm just like confused about why they're, they're doing so poorly. It's, um, yeah. It's really sorry to interrupt, but it's really crazy to see them bring Daryl Sutter in and just like <laughs> how that's actually not even helped. That's made things worse a little bit. You look at like how much the offense is just dried up and yet they're still letting in like four or five goals and, Markstrom's uh, 901 save percentage, which isn't helping, but like, yeah, the team just doesn't look good in front of them. And like, how how crazy of a steal it was for Toronto to get TJ Brody, who like pretty much I think covered a lot of errors in that defensive core for the Flames. Now they're just getting exposed like by other teams, like the Ottawa Senators. They're the only team to have a losing series season series record hey, against the Ottawa any good Senators. team can lose against the Ottawa Senators multiple <laughs> times why <laughs> don't don't kid yourself no but the season series Koibans that's the key <laughs> like the that's they don't play them anymore it's done <laughs> like like it's just crazy to see that yeah even Granger's Montreal Canadiens lost their entire got swept <laughs> in their season series last year to Detroit so Sorry, I had to throw that in one more time, Granger. I, I've, I'm beating a dead horse on that joke. I'm sorry. Oh, I mean, they're going to be the team that makes it out of the North in the playoffs, right? So. <laughs> but, uh, Granger, if you had to pick one of those four teams that we were talking about, which one do you think is just the most shocking, really, in terms of their ineptitude? Uh, yeah, I mean, I was going to pick Calgary as well, uh, but I think the Flyers are you know, they're up there too, to be honest with you. Um, just to, to, to pick at Calgary a little bit though. Yeah. Trade Goudreau. That's been, you know, that's been going to happen for like what a couple of years now. People have been talking about that. Get that over with. Um, stop signing free agent goalies to long-term deals. That's got to stop happening. I'm not just picking on Calgary. I think in general, they're like, I don't know. It's hard to figure goalies out, you know? Yeah, um, I'm sorry. I just want to interrupt you for a sec. I'm doing this a lot this episode for some reason, but um, just you're talking about the goalie deal situation. I'm wondering what you think while we're on that plane about the Thatcher Demko extension. Um, just yeah, I think that's I think that's kind of reasonable. Okay. Um, in comparison, um, like he got the Freddie Anderson deal. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, he hasn't won a cup. He's been playing well for a while that's kind of what Freddie got when he was coming into his own as a starter. Um, five by five. I, I would say that's like, and he's young too. Right. So I don't know. I like it personally. Yes. It's always a risk, but I'd say that's sort of the upper echelon of the, the term and the years that you'd want, but it's a pretty good cap hit, you know? Yeah. I agree with you on that for sure. I think he's a risk worth taking based on the fact that he's been a highly touted prospect who succeeded at every level he's played at. Um, my only concern is that by eating up the UFA years, which is smart, usually they're having to pay him more than they would have probably like a two by three or something on a bridge deal. And they have to sign Pedersen and Hughes and have limited space for that. 
So hopefully they can get it all done. If they can, then like, yeah, no harm, no foul. But if there's a squeeze on Pedersen and Hughes and they have to do something stupid, like trade one of them or trade someone else who's important, then maybe it doesn't look as good. But anyway, um, I want to let you continue with your thought that you're having there about Calgary and then moving on to Philly. Uh, Yeah, I'll probably just move on to Philly now. Um, It's strange to me because they were doing so well last year. Um, And I get it. We can chalk it up to goaltending, I guess. Their goalies just haven't been there. Um, Because on paper, like their their forward group and their defensive group just looks good. So I guess, what is it? Is it just goalies there? I mean, it's kind of surprising. Um, It's too bad. the, The Vino effect. El Nino. Sorry, that was a bad joke that had no connection to El Nino. I don't understand why. It was was a really bad joke. But (laughs) but I'm a fan of, uh, like, I'm a fan of Couturier. I'm a fan of Konecki. Like, Provorov, I've, you know, been excited for him. Um, It's weird. You know, they got a lot of names there, and they just haven't been able to you know, make it click this year. And it must be frustrating being, being a Flyers fan. Like we, we talk a lot about like, you know, Buffalo and, and Vancouver and Calgary, even Arizona, these teams that uh, San Jose, you know, lots of teams that just haven't been able to get over that hump. The Flyers must be entering that conversation now, right. Of they just can't put it to the point where they can get that cup. Yeah. Um, I think it's pretty crazy that they are in the position that they're in right now, based on what you said, like the depth that they have, the fact that they had coming into the season, like one of the most promising seeming goaltenders in the league in Carter Hart. And obviously he's played absolutely brutal hockey lately, but um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know if Alan Vino, like I was alluding to as part of the situation where he seems to be able to squeeze a great year out of the team in his first year. And then, takes a bit of a nosedive or if it's really just him being a victim of bad goaltending, like so many previously fired coaches have been like Claude Julia and Peter Laviolette. Like, I don't know. So many of these guys you can point to just bad goaltending being the reason. If I'm the flyers, I would bring in Bruce Boudreau. That guy seems like a gem. Oh, I love Bruce Boudreau. Gabby, I think is his nickname. Cause he just gabs on and off. But uh, <laughs> yeah, like I don't understand why, um, Buffalo doesn't bring in Bruce Boudreau, Bruce Boudreau sorry. Um, like he said he would be willing to coach there and yeah like you like you were saying like oh why would he even want it but he said he's willing to do it like who who else is willing to go to Buffalo right now and Buffalo like as bad as they've played they still have some useful parts they could be okay if they got a good coach and who somehow made it like, and, and honestly, if he can even turn that team into anything like close to respectability, like he's going to win like a Jack Adams next year or something. So. Um, bring back, bring back Ted Nolan. Yeah. Like, like he, he always does great when he comes back. The only reason yeah. he doesn't stick around, I think is racism. hundred um, percent. So if you want if you want the NHL to like show that they care about diversity, hire Ted Nolan. Like yeah, but they don't care about diversity. We all know this. So. <laughs> <laughs> the diversity alliance is a yeah, yeah. I would, I would take a flyer on on um, 
on Nolan for sure. Yeah. Like, I don't know. Like I, I, I don't think, I think the NHL is too racist and old school to like bring him back in at this point. Um, and I think also like he probably feels a bit unwelcomed at this point and I'm not sure if he would want to come back in, but uh, yeah, you raise a good point. Um, maybe we'll move on to our next topic. I think we've uh, kind of flagellated those teams enough at this point. So oh, wait, uh, wait, who are the who are the other teams that we didn't talk about? The only team we never touched on was St. Louis. Um, yeah, that's Bennington sucks. He's the worst, so that's why. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he tries to tries to fake fight people. So there Speaking you go. Speaking of like goaltender contracts that you will regret, uh, six by six for Bennington, I think is right on par with the Markstrom six for six in terms of like not not being up to that value right now and i i would be much actually more comfortable with the markstrom contract than at the bennington contract extension that was handed out Um, so i just want to point this out here because like i came out and said like don't sign goalies to long-term high salary deals yet i am comfortable with the demco deal like why what gives me the right to feel that (laughs) <laughs> like is it the age is it the fact that he's he's good <laughs> right right yeah. like yeah i think it's his track record all the way up through the system because you look at jordan bennington who's like a bit younger but he's still probably like a couple of years old i think he's like 27 or 28 maybe um mm-hmm. but he came out of nowhere like there was no like he, he had some success here and there along the way but like he was like fourth in their system in St. Louis. And then he just all of a sudden ran with it. And so mm-hmm. it's harder to believe that that is consistently what he'll be from now on. And he hasn't been that. So I don't think there's enough of a track record to believe in a guy like Bennington. Um, mm-hmm. Goalies are remarkably inconsistent, but I think Thatcher Demko is seemingly one of the more consistent ones. Now, what about like, what if Carter Hart had needed a contract at the start of this year? Like, if he got five by five, would we have been okay with that? Or would we, would oh, yeah. we have said, yeah? I think like at the beginning of the year, five by five would have been a steal for Carter Hart. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, just, and he's only 21. So like you expect him to grow into that. And like hindsight's 2020, obviously now we can say that would have been a mistake. But like, mm-hmm. if I'm just being honest with you, if, I, if the Flyers had managed to extend him to a five by five at the beginning of the year, yeah, that's a huge win for them. Mm-hmm. yeah no goalies are goalies are crazy like you just you never know what you're gonna get and um yeah well i shouldn't say you never know like Bring why, back. you're 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 privy to a situation where you've got a goalie that's pretty damn good fairly consistently so Bring back, bring back Michael Layton, Roman Chekmanic. Uh, the list goes on. Ilya Brizgalov. Honestly, oh Roman Chekmanic gets dragged for no reason. Roman Chekmanic was a good goalie. Yeah. He Just, had like a 930 save percentage year. He was nominated for the Vezina one of his like three years that he was there. He just like had a bad playoff and then he was run out of town. Yeah. Like the Flyers, yeah, they, they've had bad like experiences with goalies, but. But yeah, I guess with Steve with like, Mason. <laughs> oh yeah, brutal. Remember he they had he, Bobrovsky too. Yeah, yeah. They, they were the ones who brought Bobrovsky into this uh, pro hockey world or this pro hockey NHL landscape. So that's crazy. So yeah, like I guess looking at um, like the Hellebuck situation, like 
I think I think record record really speaks for itself there, where like he does really well under pressure. And I think the more pressure that he has, pressure being the amount of shots he gets on them all the time. Um, he doesn't like kind of fold and he doesn't really have necessarily a lot of bad games, even though he faces, I think right now he's the league leader in shots because well, that's, and that's similar to how Vancouver plays. And I feel yeah. like Hellebuck is probably Demko's best comparable um, for sure. In terms of like, you can throw that money at him because he's, he's that good and he can, he can steal a game for you as, as we saw yesterday, like, like, and, with, I and, and I don't mean that Hellebuck now is his comparable. I mean, like, young Hellebuck or whatever. Like, um, they're both, like, goalies that were really highly thought of as they were coming through the system. And, yeah, um, yeah just seem to have what it takes. I don't know. Uh, it's hard to put your finger on it. And I'm probably going to eat these words in, like, a year because goalies make no sense. But, like, I don't know. I see Demko as being on that level. Yeah, like like trading Andrew Rakoff Rakoff for to <laughs> Yeah, yeah, a, a great move, and yet it didn't work out somehow. <laughs> <laughs> like imagine <sighs> right now if they had to Garas, I think they probably would have won a cup. Honestly, yeah, I don't know about that. They would have had to Garas yeah. through the Brian Burke years, and I don't think Garas <laughs> could have even saved them from. You mean the truculent years? Yes, I mean the Colt Nor getting ridiculous <laughs> minutes for no reason. Yeah. Anyway, um, Mike Commissarek, he was a beast. Oh yeah, Mike Eric, <laughs> this is great. I love this game. I'm like, name the fringe players that played on the league. The Brian Burke brought in, yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah, and he's still doing it in Pittsburgh, apparently. So, like, yeah, I don't know. Good for Brian Burke, I guess. Good for nepotism in the NHL. Yeah, speaking of old boys club. <laughs> yeah, Jesus Christ. Um, so I wanted to look briefly at the playoff races that are going on right now. Um, for some of the divisions, it feels like they're pretty much done. Like the North Division, I think we can pretty much tie a bow on it um, and say who the top four teams are. Sorry to say Calgary Flames. Sorry to say soon to be defunct Vancouver Canucks. Um, but yeah, that one seems done. But the central division, this is heating up. This is an interesting one with uh, between Columbus, Dallas, Chicago, and Nashville for that fourth and final spot. There's only five points separating those teams. And Dallas has four games in hand on all of them. So out of the central, who do you like for that fourth spot, guys? Um, Maybe I'll throw it to Devin first. Um, That's a tough one. I guess I'm going to have to go with uh, Dallas. I think Dallas has a good shot at it because um, Sagan is coming back or he is back, and I think that'll help, help their lineup. And, I mean, Heiskanen and Klinberg, I'm just rhyming off names, you know, that I kind of like. But I've they, they could just pull off one of those L.A. King – yeah, you know, uh, feats where they just squeak in and then all of a sudden they start just running house in the playoffs, you know? So I could see them making a push and getting in there for sure. That that would be my pick. What? Uh, I'm all for team chaos. So let's go, let's go Chicago Blackhawks. <laughs> hey, Kirby re- Doc's going to be there, uh, mid season pickup. We'll just pull them through. I know. And like, you have like, 
Patrick Kane, who's probably like, might, he might actually get the MVP, like for literally pulling that team into the playoffs uh, without having Taves there either. Like this team should be so bad and they are pretty good. They're like Deese. I think well, they're NH- you- let's not go too far wide. They're NHL 500, which we all know is like 450 in any other league. So they're, they're okay. <laughs> but I think, I think they're better than Nashville. And I think that they're better than Dallas. I think if they had to play play one of those teams, I think they could beat either of those teams. It's, uh, it's insane to hear that. It's insane yeah. to hear that Chicago's better than these teams. Because yeah. who's their goalie? Like I can't even. He's he's a rookie. He's doing Kevin, really well, Kevin, but I can't name him. Ranger, Kevin Lankinen. Yeah. Kevin Lankinen. There you Lanky. go. Right. Yeah. What UC Soros? UC Soros isn't good enough. Like they're they're the fourth team right now. Hey, like. Well, is garbage. UC Saros is short. Not going to work. <laughs> it's funny because UC Saros has like a 920 save percentage this year. Yeah, like it's pretty good right now. It's funny, like just, none of us are picking Nashville and like they're the team that's currently in fourth and has the best save percentage out of all You know the why we're not picking on. Nashville is because we have lost all faith in John Hines as a coach, I think, first of all. And also it's stale, that team. Like they have had basically the same identity, the same kind of feel and guys in the rotation for so many years and they haven't really upgraded it dude yeah. matt duchene johansson and granlin those guys are stale yes have you yes, seen they no they are i'm being i'm being i'm being sarcastic he's being facetious they, they're, they're they're resting all their hope right now on like a on ely tolvin and to just drag them through basically and the only only good players like philip forsberg which is like well, they ryan ellis yeah, but he's on, okay. but he's been on IR since like February first or something. Ryan Ellis, so oh, right. yeah, so that's tough for them. But if I had to choose, I okay, here we go. I'm picking Nashville actually after I just dragged them through the mud because um, as much as I agree with Granger on Dallas's roster and how they do have some like top end elite talent, I think that they're going to have to go through a pretty brutal stretch run. Um, to make up those games they're going to have to play a lot of back-to-backs and they still have to play a lot of those back-to-backs against Tampa Florida Carolina like that's three-sevenths of their opponents I know that's three-sevenths of everyone's opponents in that in that division but I feel Mm -hmm. like the fact that they're going to have to play so many games in a short amount of time might make things difficult for a team that's already got an aging core um like guys like Joe Pavelski and, and Sagan and Bishop and guys who are just like, and Radulov who are basically like having to like make the medical staff perform miracles so they can walk out onto the ice, even just one game. So mm-hmm. um, this team, they should based on their talent level be the fourth seed easily, the Dallas stars, but based on the injuries they've had and based on the, the compressed schedule down the stretch, I, I feel like it'll be tough for them. Um, maybe we'll move on to looking at the West where what looked to be a sure thing in St. Louis being even like a few weeks ago, the third seed, they've fallen out of the fourth seed and are now in fifth. So what do you guys think between like, I'm just going to chalk up Colorado, Vegas, and Minnesota as locks in that division and say between Arizona, St. Louis, San Jose and LA, surprisingly. <laughs> um, who do you like? So I'll give you the games played in points. Arizona's played 37, has 39 points. 
St. Louis, 36 games, 38 points. San Jose, 36 games, 36 points. And LA, 35 games, 34 points. Um, let's throw it to Wyatt first. Um, I would say Arizona because, like, I, if, I think it would just be funny for them to get into the fourth seed and then just get dismantled again by Colorado again. For the second <laughs> they match straight. up so badly with Colorado. <laughs> <laughs> and, like, it's so good because they're, like, they're not – they're too – they're not bad enough that they don't miss the playoffs and then they don't get a good draft pick or they just draft another bully. And then they, and then, <laughs> and then they, they make the playoffs, but then they get decimated by like the best team in, in the West. So just for comedic value, I, yeah. it has to be done it, I think. I, I, I love it. I love that take. <laughs> um, Devin, what do you think? Well, Eric Carlson's not wanting to go through a rebuild here. So <laughs> <laughs> just eating an apple <laughs> just chucking an apple at people like Love you it. have not seen his best offensive game yet it's <laughs> it's coming uh no i don't know i gotta go st louis i guess like even though we were ripping on bennington earlier i'm just gonna go st louis for st louis reasons they recently won the cup they got a lot of veterans and guys who can play hockey run four lines get in there and Tarasenko is getting back up to speed too. So like that should help, you would think. Um, they're currently tying the Avalanche 1-1 with 518 left in the third as we speak. I should mention the Blues, um, which is pretty impressive. Um, as much as I want to take the Sharks, because it would be fun, and I want to see Eric Carlson single-handedly on like all of his like broken appendages like lead this team into the playoffs. Um no, I have to pick St. Louis. Um, I think that they're going through a rough patch right now, but they have just too much talent compared to the rest of these teams, too much depth compared to them. As much as I don't like Jordan Bennington in that, I like Martin Jones less. And uh, yeah, and like LA, you had a good run. You have potential, but you're not quite there yet. And as for Arizona, um, it would be hilarious, but like who's their leading point scorer this year? Um, Phil Kessel with like 28 points or something, maybe like, I just want more, more seven, nothing just like destruction. Um, Oh, like, yeah, absolutely. I want that. Like I would rather by far have either San Jose or Arizona or LA make the playoffs than St. Louis, but like probably going to be St. Louis. It's it's Clayton Keller with 28 points. He's tied with Phil for 28 points. Man, yeah, and like now they're thinking of trading Connor Garland. Like, what are they doing? Yeah, the top five scores are Keller, Kessel, Garland, and Schmaltz. <laughs> Gross. Don't sign me up for that. And then Chikrin as the fifth one, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So the final division that I wanted to have a look at. Um, I don't even know if it's much of a playoff race. But hey, we'll, we'll we'll just talk about it anyway, just in case. Uh, so we've got the Boston Bruins in fourth place in the East with forty three points in thirty four games. Philadelphia Flyers. I mean, we've said a lot about them already, but they've got thirty nine points in thirty six games. They're still technically in it, I think. And the New York Rangers with thirty nine points in thirty seven games. So, I mean, is it even worth going through this? It's like it's the Bruins, right, guys? Like, do we have to? talk about this or or do you have any like hot takes that you want to make so why you want to 
to jump in on this? Is it the Bruins or do you, do you want to go like full chaos mode? Alexi Lafreniere is going to go off in the next three weeks and pull this team into the playoffs and kick out the Boston Bruins. Yeah, because you, you thought Sabanage had uh, back-to-back six-point games or like five-point periods is good. Wait until you see Lafreniere, just like Daryl Sittler, 10-point gaming it up. <laughs> I think, yeah, I, I would like – I don't want the Flyers in and I don't want the Bruins in. I, I would – love for the Bruins to be like at Buffalo Sabres level but you know we it's a that's a perfect world I guess yeah and as a Leafs fan I obviously support that full wholeheartedly <laughs> and agree 100% um Devin who do you have for this yeah it's gonna be Boston there's no <laughs> chance the Rangers are able to pull that off four points behind three games ahead of them like it's not going to do it. <clears throat> Maybe we see like Bennington get traded to Buffalo and does what he did to St. Louis a couple of years ago and just pulls Buffalo. <laughs> so mathematically, let's figure this out. If Buffalo could make the playoffs, um, <laughs> if it's get, even possible. They, they win every game from now on. I think they can make the playoffs. Yeah. So if they won every game from now on, so they played 37 games and they have 22 points, uh, 19 more games. Should the season not get shortened for them? Um, should they play every game? So that's 38 points on the table there for Buffalo to take. And if they can lose 18 straight, why can't they reel off a 19 game win streak? <laughs> so that would be 60 points on the season for them, which only puts them four points above NHL 500, <laughs> which like realistically is not even close to enough to make the playoffs. <laughs> not even close. Yeah. But they have Don Granato. Look out. Yeah. Is he related to Tony or Cam Granado? You bet. You bet he is. Yeah. <laughs> Speaking of old boys club. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like Scotia North is figured out as well. Yeah. Let's not call it Scotia North. Let's just call it the North. But I, I agree with you, Devin. <laughs> <laughs> is it called the, the Gord Downey North Division? Yeah. Or like, um, what's even more Canadian than, than, no, nothing's really more Canadian than Gord Downey, but, uh, the, like the Mr. Hockey, like uh, Gordy Howe North Division would be like up there. Anyone named Gord, really. It's called <laughs> like, this is named after every famous Gord altogether as one. But uh, oh, the the uh, the Downey Lightfoot Division. Oh, there we go. The Downey Lightfoot Howe Division. <laughs> what about the what about the guess who? The guess who are pretty Canadian. Uh, the Michael Sarah North. <laughs> <laughs> I think I think the the guess who would be okay, but like Randy Bachman's a tool, so like yeah, you would know a, a resident Winnipeg uh, <laughs> analyst. <so. laughs> the dress, uh, the the Jason Kenny division, <laughs> dear the God. Doug, Doug Ford North division, <laughs> the Rob Ford Memorial division. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> okay uh yeah i shouldn't have done that but um yeah politically speaking i'm okay with it um so let's transition from from that uh dark path that i just took to uh talking about trophy favorites at this point the major trophy favorites because we've got not much left in the season at this point like less than 20 games for most teams um so 
the trophy situation is starting to become more and more obvious, I think, in a lot of the races. And uh, maybe we'll kick things off talking about the Hart Trophy. I have trouble not awarding this to Connor McDavid, but I'm willing to open my eyes and ears and hear various takes on this. But like, come on, it's got to be Connor McDavid. Am I wrong? Um, um, Devin? I would say, I don't know. I just, maybe I just don't want to give it to Connor McDavid for whatever reason. So I'm going to say either Mike Smith or Patrick Kane. <laughs> Mike Smith. What LTIR? <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm just gonna say, like, it's Mike. Mike Smith's the reason why you know Edmonton's yeah, no one's so well. Like everyone's gonna see the Leon Dreisaitl factor canceling out the Connor McDavid votes, but no one's gonna no one's gonna expect the Mike Smith canceling out the the Connor McDavid votes for the Hart Trophy. So like, he could come out of left field. Yeah. Yeah, I think I think I'll be I'll be a little bit different, and I'd say either I think it might be Matthews. I think no. Matthews. No, do you not no. think so? Why not? Give me a case against Austin Matthews winning Hart Trophy. He's like the best player on that on that team. He's the best player on that team for sure. But like, he's okay statistically speaking, and I know it's not all about stats, but Connor McDavid has twenty two more points than Austin Matthews on the season which is a pretty wide gap. Um, mm-hmm. I know Austin Matthews was a little injured for a bit and has been dealing with that, but that still plays into his value to the team. Um, what about Mitchell Marner then? I would, yeah. I would hear more of a case for Mitch Marner because he's more of an <laughs> all-situations player um, and has had an incredible year. Um, I'll give it to him. But I still think it's got to be McDavid. I don't know. I, I, I just, uh, I don't have any time for any other arguments right now based on just how dominant Connor McDavid has been this year. And Mason how he... Barry. <laughs> but that team, I hate Edmonton. It's and true. That team... There are too, there are too many candidates on that team. They're all going to cancel. No, each other. Not. <laughs> I just, I hate Darnell nurse. Like yeah. I hate that team because it's just McDavid. Like, and I guess that is why he's the Hart trophy nominee because like you take him out of that team and they're, they're the senators, right? So, like at at the end of the day, they are good, but they did it through like just clear ineptitude, and like he just fell into that lap, which just makes me so angry. Yeah, but like don't don't hurt Connor McDavid because of your personal vendettas against the team and their like their draft lottery luck. What it's about not their fault? Or it's not what his about fault. Jason Spezza. In terms of a points per sixty, points per money earned. Points for, uh, oh yeah, points per dollar and just points, like points beautiful, in the beautiful shootout goals, beautiful like <laughs> Mike Smith, former Hart Trophy candidate, goalie fakes. Um, that was the coolest shootout goal. Like he fumbles the puck, does a little move, hollow up bites, and then he he just like slowly pushes it like in between the space. He's like, oh, there's a little bit of space. I'm not even going to shoot it. I'm just going to shovel it in there. <laughs> I think the only player that I would even like fathom outside of McDavid um, could be Andre Vasilevsky. Mm-hmm. And that's even tough to say because he's on such a damn good team and how much of his success is a product of the team in front of him. But he's been like lights out for the lightning. And mm-hmm. uh, yeah, 
I, I think he's got to be, maybe we'll move on to talking about the Vesna since I kind of led us there. Yeah, we'll just get that out there. Yeah, I, I'd say Vasilevsky for the Vesna, but there there are some good candidates this year, no no doubt. Like Grubauer has been pretty sweet for uh, for the Colorado Avalanche. Um, just looking down the list, there are a lot of like 1B type guys who are having good numbers, but like up until the last month, Marc-Andre Fleury would have been a, a front runner as well. Um, do you guys have any thoughts on the Vesna? I uh, was thinking, yeah, Grubauer as well, but I'll, I'll let Wyatt chime in here. Here we go. Simeon Varlamov from the ever-entertaining New York Islanders. Boo. Why? Because he plays in a great system where he gets almost zero shots. and then he's he... got a, So he's got a 919 save percentage, which is not bad, but it's not Vesna-worthy when you've got Vasilevsky with a 931, Grubauer with a 928. And you consider the system that he plays in, um, consider the fact that even Thomas Grice, who is now of like an 885 save percentage in Detroit, yes, it's Detroit, but like he had like a 920 something save percentage for his time in, in the aisle, in, in like the New York Islanders organization. What about you know, a 951 save percentage? There we go. That's what I'm talking about. Jack Campbell want- is God. He will somehow find a way to win the Vesna trophy in only like 20 games played on the season. You want these hot takes, and I offer them up, and then you send them back like a McDonald's cheeseburger. If he goes 20-0 and 0 and still has a 950 save percentage, does he get it? No way. I think you mean when he goes 20-0 and 0, has a 950 save percentage. And the answer no is way. yes, he gets it. It's the worst. Mike Smith. <laughs> Mike Smith, 100% has to be Mike Smith. Okay, so we got... Uh... Two votes for Jack Campbell, one vote for Mike Smith. We'll move on. That seems pretty <laughs> realistic. Um, so let's go on to uh, the the Norris Trophy. So let's. Uh, I don't really see the point in talking about like Art Ross or um, Richard because those are ones that are just like cumulative totals. Those are easily predictable. Let's talk about more subjective things. So um, the Norris Trophy, uh, Devin, what do you think for the Norris right now? Any ideas? I'll give you. A few, do you want me to give you a few names? Yeah, can you give me a if few names? Stranger, who's your favorite defenseman? That you well, it's your- obviously Victor Hedman's my favorite. <laughs> yeah. Darnell Nurse is getting up there. So there we go. How did that cut? That why did that take so long? So a few, <laughs> a few names. Um, so yeah, you got Victor Hedman. Obviously, is a is a front runner right now. Um, a, a name that has snuck up and has been surprisingly effective in all situations this year is Adam Fox. For the New York mm-hmm. Rangers, um, he's I think he's at 32 points in like 35 games or something like that right now, which is like proving his offensive acumen. But he's like playing big minutes in many different situations for the Rangers. Um, Brian Leach was singing his praises a couple weeks ago, talking about how he's the next Brian Leach. <laughs> <laughs> what a douche! <laughs> yeah. Then uh, another possible candidate, Jeff Petrie, has been. Like dynamite a, for the Canadians. That's my pick, Jeff yeah. Petrie. Yeah. Um, Darnell Nurse and, in Edmonton is definitely who, up there. Who did Edmonton trade Petrie for? I don't know, bag of pucks or something. Like it was not that they, much, I don't think. They could have had Nurse and Petrie on that on that decor, which then I think would that would remake that. Yeah, Nurse team. Petrie and a healthy cleft bomb. Oh. And Adam Larson, who's oh, actually man. like the better part of the one-for-one Taylor Hall deal right now. 
which is crazy. <laughs> I'm gonna see if I can find it actually. What he was traded for? Um, actually, yeah, I'm just know. going with Victor Hedman. It's Hockey it's gonna TV be Victor Hedman. That. Not um, not not Samuel Gerard. Samuel Gerard is another prime candidate. I'd say he's been controlling play and was just like absolutely a beast when Kale McCarr was injured for like half of the mm-hmm. year so far. And I There's mean, a Kale lot McCarr, of really good defensemen this year. Like it's pretty tight points wise anyways. Yeah. Kale McCarr would easily be up there if he hadn't gotten injured as well. He's someone who like you want to give a shout out to at the very least. Hmm. Um, let me just see if I can call up any other guys. Like you're not going to, you're not going to throw it at John Carlson this year. Like he's still just pretty one dimensional and he's not playing as well offensively as he did last year, but Still, he's got 29 points. It's not bad. Um, Dougie Hamilton was close to getting consideration last year before he got injured. He's playing pretty at a pretty similar level this year. Um, <laughs> Latang has been pretty damn good for the Pens. Theodore, yeah. Ekblad, um, before he got injured, was having an unreal year. You know who's not winning it, Vancouver fans? Quinn Hughes and his big minus 17 right now minus 17 and just like I I don't have the stats in front of me but I feel like 100 secondary assists yeah like yeah anyway um based on the names that we've gone through oh and Charlie McAvoy is another one that I feel like could get some love especially once the Bruins catch up in games played he had three shout out to uh shout out to Neil Pionk and yeah. being a better player than Jacob Truba. Yep. Another, another great, another great trade by Chevy. <laughs> like, yeah, you can't. What can you say, right? Mm-hmm. So yeah, um, based on those names that we've thrown out there, do you think you'd stick with Hedman there, Granger? Yep, hundred percent. Fair enough. And <laughs> Wyatt, your Petrie. Yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna go with Petrie. Yeah, good choices all around. Um, Personally, like based on what I've kind of seen and heard from around the league in terms of like possession and dominance and like just ability to control the game, I feel like Gerard might be the choice out of mm-hmm. Colorado, which seems pretty crazy. Um, but yeah, like it's, it's probably going to be Hedman, like let's be honest. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, just shout out to all those guys who are having unreal years. And like Adam Fox, what a stud he's become. I'm really sad I traded him in my keeper league. I traded him for Dougie <laughs> Hamilton, who's great, but like uh, I traded him before the season, and I was just like, I, I that was before like hindsight 2020, before Tony D'Angelo did his thing, and uh, Jacob Truba was even more of a cemented bust. Uh, yeah, but anyway, yeah, it's going to shape up to be a good race, though, I think, for the Norris. Um, Jack Adams, who do you like? I feel like this is a pretty interesting one this year lots of possibilities um i'm gonna reel off a few different uh names that i like and i'll start i'll start with uh in the east peter laviolette i feel like deserves some some credit for what washington's doing barry trotz should definitely be nominated for this award i mean that islanders team has no business being as good as they have been the last three years and this year in particular um honestly Mike Sullivan could also be nominated based on how well Pittsburgh has played. I did not expect them to be this good this year. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I think moving on to the West, you could probably give Dean Evison a shout out based on how good Minnesota has been. 
Um, in the North, I don't think I would nominate anyone from the North, to be honest. Um, <laughs> Not Paul Maurice? <laughs> no. With, like, we've talked about this before. Connor Hellebuck is why Paul Maurice gets any notoriety. <laughs> so I don't think I want to nominate him. And then uh, in the Central, Joel Quenville, I think, deserves some some love for sure and possibly rod brindamore as well so those are some names that i'm thinking of you guys are welcome to throw other names forward but do any of those stick out to you um as being the the front runner for for in your eyes uh granger you want to give it a shot um i'm kind of in between florida and carolina to be honest with you um i don't know which one to pick yeah, that's it. I don't know. Yeah, that's fair. <laughs> Quenville's done an unreal job. This, well, honestly, like it's hard to say. You, 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 you're not behind the bench. You don't hear what the coaches are saying. You don't yeah, know how exactly. much is coaches, how much is players, how much is just like players happening to hit their stride, or even the captain maybe like just having a great control of the locker room or something. But based on the limited evidence we have, Quenville seems to be doing a great job this year. The team that's lost some talent and is outperforming expectations for sure. Um, Wyatt, what do you think? So this, the Jack Adams Award is basically the most improved team. That's yeah. like essentially what it is all the time. Like it's, it's like, oh, the team should be really bad, but they're actually really good. And it's all because of this guy who is coaching the team. So based on the, on that expectation, and it's always been like that. Um, I would probably say Colleton for the Blackhawks. Because they're can't. supposed to be they're Jeremy Colleton. Yeah, but like they're NHL 500 right now. Like that, they that, should... that pick that pick made sense when they were like in second in their division because they had a games played advantage. But right now, now that the rest of the division's catching up to them, I don't think that you can make that argument. I think they should be like the worst team in the central division. And, and also they are Kevin Lankinen has been playing way better than they had any expectation for. Uh, uh, Devin? Yeah. It's... Well, I was kind of thinking about why it was saying there and he came out and just said it. And that's, <laughs> that's making me really look at Carolina and say, I think it's Carolina. I think Brendan Moore deserves some respect. Um, he like, it's a good solid team but he's making them consistently work well, work hard, be able to be right up there with Tampa Bay in that division. Um, so kudos to him on that, I guess. And, you know, the players that have come into Carolina all seem to work out well because he's got a good system. Like Dougie Hamilton's career kind of got a little bit of a boost and was kind of resurrected there. And when you're looking like up and down their lineup, you know, to have like a young guy like Sebastian Ajo come in and, and, and play under his system and thrive, that says a lot. Vincent Trocek, Jordan Stahl is their two, three, and they're up there in points. Yeah, Trocek's resurrected well. his career in Carolina this year. Yeah. So I don't know. Maybe there's just something going on there, and well, I'll throw it that way, I guess. Yeah. And sorry, Wyatt, I feel like I cut you off a bit there. Uh, maybe, and maybe it was being too harsh on you, but. I'll let you give more of a full-throated uh, kind of uh, argument it's, for Jeremy Calden. It's always the most improved team. And, like, like I would be surprised if Trots would get it this year because they were good last year. 
and they're good this year. And if he gets it, then I would be shocked because that goes against every coach of the year that always because it's usually the kiss of death as well. Yeah, but we're not trying to predict what other people are going to vote right now. We're going for our own personal opinion. Oh, then I would definitely say I'd probably say Dean Evison then. That's yeah, yeah, that's and I think that's better. Like yeah. Dean Evison and Dean and that still also falls pretty fair pretty safely into like the guidelines yeah. of what a Jack Adams award winner would be because people did not expect Minnesota to be this good. But And just because, like he's not he's not Quenville, he's not like Trotz, he's not Sullivan, like he's a new guy and like might as well give their award to like new guys rather than like the constant recycling that we get of all of these coaches that are going through. So like if you yeah, have a new guy but I I think that I don't know. I, th- I think that sometimes coaches get a short, uh, sometimes they get shafted because it feels like the NHL awards, um, the, the people who give out the, the awards are always trying to look for that new flavor of the month or whatever for, for this award. And that's why you get a lot of like Patrick Waugh's, Bob Hartley's people. Like I know <laughs> Bob Hartley had been around, but like he was new in Calgary at that time. You get a lot of guys who are in their first year just getting a lot of love. Um, yeah, I don't know. I think, um, Dean Evison is more worthy than Jeremy Calden, but Mm -hmm. I personally, I like Barry Trotz in this situation just because like as, as boring and as like, yeah, that's a very unexciting pick, but like (laughs) he is so consistently good as a coach. And that New York Islanders would have team would have no business being in the playoffs the last three years without Barry Trotz. Mm-hmm. And this year they're going to possibly win the division, which is insane. Consistency like the- is all you're looking for. Cause Paul Maurice is consistently so far. <laughs> <laughs> all right. You know what? You're right. You're right. Devin, when you're right, you're right. Give it to Paul Maurice. He's the worst. <laughs> like, like being there was a debate in Winnipeg where like if Bolio comes back, do you take out Logan Stanley? Like that's that was what was that's what was happening. It was like, oh, what if he didn't get injured? Probably Stanley would come out and it would be Bolio in there and beside, which is just insane because he just loves veterans so much, <laughs> which is just like the dumbest reasoning behind it. Yeah, that's most coaches though, I think. Yeah. But uh Anyway, um, I guess we could possibly talk about the Selkie. I don't know if that's worth even diving into. I'm not too excited about it, but um, I don't know. It sounds like Barkov could be the guy this year. He's uh, He's been, like, reputation-wise, someone who it's maybe overdue for, and based on his, like, Corsi and expected goals for and defensive deployment and just all situations, he seems to be the front runner right now. Devin, do you have a, a different thought on that? Yeah, I haven't looked at any of the Corsi stuff, but I just watch Mitch Marner every single night, and I think he's one of the better defensive wingers in the game. I think he, he uh, some of his stats came up. Obviously, he's top five in points. He was top five in takeaways and top five in some other defensive, I don't know, stat, and he kills penalties extremely well. I don't know. Like he, he's got to be in the conversation anyways. I think you've got to say Mark Stone over Mitch Marner if you're choosing a winger to win the Selkie this year. But I do, I do agree with you that Mitch Marner needs to start getting looked at seriously for this award. 
um, deserves some recognition based on the role that he plays and just, yeah, how sneaky good he is defensively. Um, Wyatt? Uh, well, you picked mine, but I'm going to go on another hot take and say <laughs> it is uh, Joel Erickson Eck. Oh, yeah. That's the the hipster choice, apparently. That's like this year's Anthony Sorelli. <laughs> yeah, so I think, I think, yeah, I think Joel Axenek has like been a really good defensive forward. I don't, I haven't seen a lot of, but I've heard a lot of really good things from him. And I think he's developed pretty well. He's been in that system for a while now. So that's cool. Yeah. And like by, by all accounts, like just the way that that Minnesota wild team plays, you feel like someone's got to come out of that team as a, as a Selkie favorite. For Um, sure. Yeah. That team screams Selkie. Um, (laughs) But yeah, the oh, the one that we haven't touched on that I think is more exciting than the Selkie is the Calder. Um, mm-hmm. So like that being said, I mean, it's probably Kaprizov, but we can talk about some other guys who warrant some attention as well. Like the aforementioned Kevin Lankinen, um, Igor Shosturkin, I know was by a prognosticator's choice at the beginning of the year. He kind of had some dips, but he's up to like a 925 save percentage now. Like he's been playing really well lately. Um, Kapo Kakinen had a good run for a bit there. Um, so far, I'm just mentioning goalies. Like, I'm, I'm sure there are other uh, rookies that we can think of. But uh, do you guys have any other names you'd like to toss in? Uh, Jimothy Stutzel. <laughs> I believe you mean Timothy Strudel. What? Yes. Tim- <laughs> yeah. Sorry. Timothy Strudel. Yes. Jimothy yeah. Strudel. Yes, I Timothy would. Strudel. Jimothy, of course, uh, third overall selection by Alex Trebek. Um, <laughs> rest in that, power. And, yeah, that'll. Uh, yeah, like if that doesn't turn him into an all star right off the bat, I don't know what will. I think he's their first line center, or I don't know. He's like so he's, on the he's on the first power play at the very least yeah. as like a nineteen year old fresh out of the draft. But yeah, yeah so that's, he, he'll be. He'll be a great, beautiful player very soon. Might be a little early to anoint him like the Calder trophy winner. But, um, yeah, Devin, do you have any thoughts? No, I think you guys got it pretty good there, to be honest with oh, you. One, one more that I would like to add that I did not mention. Another goalie, because for some reason it just seems to be a crazy crop of rookie goalies. Alex Nadelkovic um, oh. in Carolina has been playing oh, yeah. pretty damn well for Carolina. He's looking like the goalie that they've been wanting for like the last five years or whatever. So but what about Mrazic? <laughs> I mean, Mrazic does have like a 955 save percentage um, granted. So he's up there with Jack Campbell in terms of like the very best goalies in the league for sure. That being said, he's only played four games. I got one more. I don't know if they're related, but it'd be really cool if they were. But Jason Robertson. He's related to Nick Robertson. Are they brothers? Yeah. Oh, cool. Yeah. So I think the better Robertson, so Jason Robertson, <laughs> um, would be would be a, a a good one as well. He's on my fantasy team and he's killing it. Is he on Dallas? Yeah. Yeah. He's the second yeah. best player behind Joe uh, Pavelski. <laughs> yeah, he's been really good. He's been like doing what I thought Dennis Gurianov was going to do this mm. year. Um, Actually, one more name I just remembered, and I'm going to be saying this for a while, I guess, but uh, Ely Tolvanen, I mentioned him earlier <laughs> in Nashville, but he's been playing really well lately. 
and uh, he probably deserves some some recognition. But like it's it's Kaprizov, right? Yeah, it has to be. I think he's like yeah. seven up on like the last the second player who's Robertson right now. Yeah, like he's single handedly made the Wild watchable again. And <laughs> um, yeah, he's not he's not quite at a point for game level right now. But yeah, he seems to be pretty electric, pretty fun to watch. Um, he deserves it, I think. GM right. of the year. GM of the year. Hmm. That's a good. Chevy. Gotta be Chevy. <laughs> to, to trade Lyde to win that trade and then to have, uh, what's his name? Uh, Roslovic being a healthy scratch was like last game. Can you believe that? Roslovic was a healthy scratch. So to give two players who like are fringe players at best for Dubois, I think it's a great, that's a great deal. So I'm going to guess where Devin is going. Um, <laughs> probably his uh, beloved Montreal Canadiens <laughs> is what I'm thinking. Um, and it's hard not to say Mark Bergevin. I think he did remake the team pretty nicely in the offseason. I was not a fan of his moves when they happened based on, I thought he could, because he had so much cap space to work with. Um, I thought he could have maybe filled in the cap space in different ways that were, would have allocated better, but hindsight being 2020, I think he did a better job than I thought he did at the beginning of the season. Um, I don't know if he's my pick, but Devin is, is, am I right in saying that? Or do you have a different pick? No, no, he's, he's not my pick, but, uh, I don't know. I, I guess I would say the Leafs. Uh, Look at these fucking homers tonight. <laughs> <laughs> well, okay. Well, I, well, I have it's to back myself up. When 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 is a blockbuster trade happen in Toronto's history? Look, I wanted here? to say the Jets. I was about to say the Jets, but <laughs> given okay, given the fact that. Dubis had, you know, some big contracts on the books. He had to do so much juggling when the cap just remained. And, you know, to re-sign Jason Spezza and Joe Thornton, bring in Wayne Simmons and to get TJ Brody, you know, I just, you just end Bogosian as well. Like and all like the 50 other guys that he got that he was already all lost on waivers uh, to Vancouver. Um, you know, I just feel like he did a lot of good cap work and making sure that he's bringing in guys to keep things competitive and even getting Galchenyuk and resurrecting his career, you know? So there you go. Yeah, Dubis. no, I, as much as I joke, I, part of me wants to say Dubas too. Um, give some shout outs as well to Joe Sackick in Colorado for getting Devin Taves off the scrap heap from New York Islanders when they were in a cap bind and how good he's been for that team. And Brandon Saad as well, who's fit in really nicely on their second line. Um, so he's done a good job there, I think, kind of taking advantage of teams that were in a, in a tough situation. Um, the Vegas Golden Knights, you could even say, because they managed to sign Alex Petrangelo. And although he's been injured and not been like the absolute stud that we envisioned, there's still plenty of time for that to happen. And um, they've managed to make it work and fit Flurry and Leonard and held on to Flurry smartly because they needed him this year. And he's been lights out for them. 
So I don't know. I think there's some, you can give some uh, kudos to the Vegas Golden Knights, but yeah, I don't know. I don't, I, I, I can't say Dubas because I think that's too dumb for, for two of us as Leafs fans to both say Kyle Dubas GM of the year. It's, it's hard not to though. Like he made some great moves there, but uh what do yeah, we wait and see what the I'm, trade deadline brings too, you know? Yeah, the, I mean, there has not been much that we can go off of for this award, really. It's yeah. been... I think that's fair. Yeah. So so I think my pick might be Joe Sackick at this point, and we'll see what happens at the trade deadline. Let's Chevy's uh, got a lot of time to, to pull ahead there, Wyatt. Yeah. I think if he, if he acquires a really good uh defenseman and they go on a run in the playoffs i think he has some consideration there i think if uh actually if joe sakic gets a backup goaltender for philip grubauer without giving up a ton for it then like that cements it for me because yeah. right now with francis out if grubauer gets injured that team is screwed honestly though like if carolina vegas and tampa also make those like awesome moves that we're thinking about our teams making my god like yeah (laughs) it's wide open baby yeah Uh, it really is so uh that all being said uh yeah i think we hit most of the major categories there so i just want to thank you guys for for joining me on this it's been a great time chatting with you long time coming to do another one of these uh so yeah, thanks Wyatt. Thanks Devin, especially Devin for staying up late in uh, past midnight North Bay time, doing a little "Let's Get Pucked Up" after hours special with me. Um, so yeah, I appreciate having you guys. Do you have any last words? Any last things you want to say before we head out? Uh, <laughs> uh, thanks for thinking of us, and go Jets, go. You say go ducks go jets you dumbass <laughs> watching the new mighty duck series yeah that's what i thought emilio all over it <laughs> yeah. apparently like cobra kai but way worse oh it's yeah it's not very good yeah. <laughs> uh devin you have any last words you want to say no not really all right well thanks i guess uh take care guys jack campbell is god